Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. everybody and welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters this is katie weaver i am here with my partner in crime and co-host christy brower hello hello i'm How excited to be here i'm good i'm good i'm you know just living the life yeah <laughs> but we're doing double duty today because we just wrapped a case for our patreon and we finally did john benet you guys have been asking and asking us to do the John Bonet case, and we had kind of shied away from it, honestly, because it's such an awful case. But yeah. we decided to dive in and uh, do it justice, so we did. So, if you want to listen to our take on the uh, John Bonet case, that is in our Patreon, and you can find our Patreon just by going to Patreon and searching for True Crime Paranormal, or you can just head over to our website and you can find it there. So easy enough to connect with it. And if you become a patron, you can check that one out. We actually have 38 episodes in Patreon that have never been released to the public. So if you are wanting more content and you're hungry for that, connecting to our Patreon is a really good way to do that. It is. Yeah. And it, there are different levels there. And so depending on whatever, what you pledge will depend on how much content you get. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend doing at least the $10 pledge because that means you get both shows that we do mm-hmm. um, audio. Um, if you want video, of both shows we do each month, then it's, it's $20 a month. So mm-hmm. for five, you get one show a month. Um, yeah. So you, you know, to get full access to the content, it's 20 or 10, if you want just the audio. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel like Katie and I were just talking about, I don't even think our listeners realize what we're doing, you know, and, and yeah. how many shows there are over there. And some of the cases that you guys have asked us for to do, we've already done them and they're over there in Patreon. So go yeah. check it out and uh, sign up with our Patreon. And, you know, not only will you see those cases, but you'll see new ones there as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We put two new cases in there a month. So, yeah. So we just wrapped John Benet and now we're going to move on to our Wednesday case. And this is the cold read. So, Christy, I am presenting a case to you. Uh, This is a paranormal case. We are true crime paranormal, after all. We don't get a lot of paranormal cases because there aren't a lot of paranormal cases. Or there's cases that people might, you know, kind of have a paranormal slant to or think they do when they don't. I don't know. There's there's all kinds of weirdness, you know. But Mm -hmm. this case uh, is, well, it's weird. Yeah. So I'm going to present the basics of the case. I'm going to leave you with it there and let you read it. And then I'll give you some of the theories uh, about the situation. So we're talking about two men named Miguel Jose Viana and Manuel Pierre de Cruz. These guys were in Brazil. And... On August 20th, 1966, a little boy was flying his kite on a hillside when he discovered the bodies of two men. Poor kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
worst fear, you know, <laughs> seriously, just totally. worst fear. But he found the body of two men. Uh, it was reported to the police and uh, the police didn't make it there until the next day because of the, uh, the conditions. They said they couldn't, uh, it was very rough terrain. So when they got there, they found two men. They were stretched out side by side, dressed in formal matching suits and raincoats. And they had a bag that had a bottle of water in it. And they had a notebook and a couple of small towels. But the weirdest part about it is they had these homemade lead masks covering their eyes. So think like a the kind of shield they would put on you when you get an x-ray kind of. Yeah. But yeah. these were homemade. Uh, Radiation. <laughs> yeah. They had forged these themselves. And, and later they did discover the... Uh, Remnants of them forging these and making them themselves. So they knew they made them. All it covered was their eyes. It was like blindfolds. So it didn't cover the rest of their faces, which a protective mask might, but this did not. So this is what the police find. And it's so confusing. So the they, these two are, they work in electronic repair. That's their job. And they have this notebook and the notebook has a whole bunch of numbers and things written in it that look like maybe they're part numbers. But one page has instructions on it. One says 1630, be at the specified location. 1830, ingest capsules after the effect, protect metals, await signal mask. That's what the note says. There's no signs of trauma, no obvious cause of death, no toxicology was done because uh, they said at the time the coroner was very overwhelmed with cases. It was what? also 1966. So, you know, the, okay. uh, the, the so toxicology just... in, in Brazil, the toxicology may have been fairly uh, rudimentary, but they didn't do any. Uh, interestingly, the police did not su suspect foul play, so they didn't really push it. I don't know why they didn't suspect foul play. I guess I, I don't know what they thought. Uh, it's a very strange uh, thing, you know, a, a very strange thing that, that has happened here. Yeah. So what we know about these men is they're actually from a place that was further away, quite a ways away in Brazil. And they had, uh, so they were repairmen, electronic repairmen in Campos dos Goitazecas, <laughs> which is about 200 kilometers to the northeast of where they were found. Okay. We know that when they- you say electronic repairs, like they fixed TVs or they worked on power lines? I don't know. I don't know. I think more like they fixed TVs, things like that. Radios, that kind of thing. I think okay. uh, it, we also know that they had when they left home, they had quite a lot of money on them. It was said that they had enough money to buy a cheap used car. Then they took a bus to Rio and they bought raincoats in Rio. The, the receipt for the raincoats was with them. Uh, it was raining, obviously. 
they bought water and it was a glass water bottle that uh, should have been returned for their deposit at some point, but, you know, obviously wasn't. Uh, the clerk said that they were very agitated and were very concerned about the time when she rang them up. She says they hitched a ride uh, with a couple of men in a Jeep. A ride up the hill, the hill where they were found dead. And then, of course, we know that we found the notebook with the very odd uh, message in it, you know, about the timing and the pill. So, again, 4.30, be at the determined place. 6.30 p.m., swallow capsules after effect. Protect metals. Wait for mask signal. This is as close as the police ever got to solving this case. That's all there was. Again, they didn't do much, you know, they didn't do any toxicology. They just uh, really didn't investigate it very far. But that that was the only kind of uh, information that they had. That was the only evidence that they had. So that's what we know. Uh, we know a little bit more about the men that was discovered later on. There's a lot of theory and conjecture about what they were doing, but I'm going to stop right here, Christy, and get your take on it before I uh, lay anything else out. I feel like they were meeting someone or something. I, I feel like I'm going to just say the alien word. I feel like this had to do with some kind of alien thing that they thought that they were going to meet. And, and I feel like they were going to be bringing something back with them. I feel like the lead masks were to protect their eyes from a really bright light that, and I also, I just can't shake the feeling that this had something to do with radiation. I feel like they took something like an iodine pill or something that was meant to protect them from radiation and that they had, they had a plan of some sort. They were bringing something back, some kind of, they thought some sort of technology and that they needed to, that whatever this was going to, however it was going to come to them, it was going to, there was going to be such a bright light emitted that they needed to cover their eyes with lead masks or they would go blind. Okay. But I feel like there were other people involved. I feel like they were set to meet someone who knew more about this. Any at, thoughts on what actually place? killed them? Uh, I, I still, radiation is still what hit, hits me. And I realize that, you know, most radiation sickness, you don't die immediately from it. It takes a long time to kill you unless it's really, really significant. But I feel like it had to do with radiation. Okay. Well... Here's what we know. A friend of them claimed that they were a part of a group of scientific spiritualists. They called it a scientific spiritualist collective. Uh, it was a popular group among local electronic technicians. Hmm. Okay. And in fact, four years earlier, another electronic technician had died atop a different hill under similar circumstances, wearing a lead mask. So a friend of the men did claim that they were trying to contact extraterrestrial uh, aliens. So you're correct about that. Absolutely. And that they had even constructed a contraption in another member's backyard trying to facilitate contact mm -hmm. that uh, exploded 
a couple of months before this. Boy. Mm hmm So they also found, when they found uh, where and what they'd used to make their masks, they found a book that had a highlighted passage about intense luminosity of the entities that they hoped to reach. Oh, okay. Such expectations of bright light might explain the need for their eye coverings, of course. Uh, they did say that some, in some instances, uh, members of that community were ingesting psychedelic drugs to try to aid in their communication attempts. Okay. Uh, but they don't know because there was no toxicology done. So we don't know. They were laying side by side, you know, not like people not. tripping, maybe, you know, just no. laying side by side. Uh, With the met lead masks on, looking up. Mm-hmm. However, there was in another newspaper in Rio, there was a big story that was run uh, from an interview with a resident in Rio who claimed to see a round orange UFO hovering over the hill the same night the men had been there. Now, it's true that there's a lot of UFO sightings, and in that area, there's a lot of UFO sightings, but it is also true that... uh, you know, some people did claim to see a UFO there the night that these guys died uh, on that hill. Wow. So it is a very interesting and weird case. It is. It is. You're absolutely correct. This had to do with aliens, extraterrestrials, and this group that they were involved in. I, I think that your theory about them planning on bringing something back is really compelling, considering the stuff they had been trying to build. You know, that there was obviously some ideas here about what kind of uh, tech they would need to communicate with them. It makes sense to me that they'd be also trying to receive something to bring back with them. Yeah. I really feel like that was a plan. Yeah. I I feel like they had at least some idea of what they thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think that what they thought was going to happen happened. Oh, well, yeah. maybe it did, but it killed them. Yeah. I don't Very- feel that they, were murdered. I feel that this was accidental. I don't feel, uh-huh. I, I don't feel like, you know, that there, there's no anger or intent around their deaths at all. I feel like this was something mm-hmm. that as, you know, fragile humans, we get killed easy and that's mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. Something just stopped their hearts. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So do you think that the other people involved, do you think they were there when they died? Or do you think that they just helped them get where they were going? I feel like they just helped them get where they were going and left them and then didn't dare say a thing after Mm -hmm. this happened, of course, um, because they didn't want to be implicated. And so I don't feel like anyone came forward and was like, oh, yeah, I gave them a ride out there. You know, I don't feel like anybody dared do that. One interesting thing is that they didn't have nearly as much money on them as they left home with. And nobody really knows where that money went because it was a fair amount of money, especially for the place they lived and the you know jobs they had. I feel like it had to do with um, helping to pay for equipment and the stuff that this organization was doing. Oh, that's interesting. So there were probably there was the group that they were meeting with in their town. But there was probably a group in Rio that they were also 
yeah. corroborating with. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's what I feel like, and that they were bringing some money that to help pay for something that they were yeah. building or that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Weird, weird case, wow. Very weird. Well, and, you know, the fact that someone else in Rio or right in that area, had, or in Brazil, I don't know that he was in Rio, died four years earlier under very similar circumstances. The whole thing is pretty wild, pretty interesting. It is, and that there was a UFO sighting on that hill that night. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel that they saw something, that they interacted with something that inadvertently killed them. Uh-huh. All righty. Why do you think they were in matching suits? This is like men in black shit before men in black. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And I do feel like that was part of it, that this was part of their club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also feel like they saw themselves as sort of emissaries of Earth. They were going to talk to an extraterrestrial. Extraterrestrial. They wanted to look nice for that. I don't know. How do you address yeah. the talk to uh, an alien? I don't know. Apparently. I, I thought you wear a suit, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> respectful yeah yeah suits and matching suits and matching raincoats that's how yeah, yeah. very interesting case all righty well thank you for that uh mm-hmm. some of these old ones uh this one has been one that has puzzled uh you know scientists and investigators and true crime peeps and you know people that uh don't believe in aliens uh it's still puzzled everybody for a long time so it's right. an interesting one for sure Alrighty, well, we will be back tonight, of course, with the uh, update show, Wednesday night update show at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And then we'll be back again tomorrow night, Thursday night at 7 p.m. for the Psychic Hour. So there's lots more to come. And again, if you want to see our footage of John Bonet, just head over to Patreon, become a patron, and you can get in on all of that extra content. So. Yeah, most definitely. Thanks so much for being here, guys. This is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.